Hello, and welcome to H2 Tech Talk, the podcast series from H2 Tech, the hydrogen technology journal from Gulf Energy Information. I'm Adrian Bloom, Editor-in-Chief of H2 Tech and your host for H2 Tech Talk. This week, we'll be talking with Fabian Kopp, Managing Director of Grebner Maschinentechnik and an innovator in the, in the field of fuel cell production. So before we get started with the discussion, I'd like to remind you to share and subscribe to the H2 Tech Talk podcast for more expert discussions on technology and trends in the hydrogen sector. It's easy to do, just click the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts or Blueberry. So before we get started with our interview, I'd like to invite Fabian to tell us a little bit about his role in uh, Grebner and uh, tell us what he does there. Yeah, hello. Um, yeah, my name is Fabian Kapp. Um, as you mentioned, I'm the managing director in our family-owned business. I'm working in our company since 2009, um, and my main focus is on where we will be as company in 20 years from now on. So the business development is for me very important, and this is why especially the machine technology for the production of metallic bipolar blade is very interesting and a very important part in our company. And uh, yeah, this is more or less my daily business looking into the future. Okay, very interesting. Thank you for that intro. So um, I wanna launch right into a question about one of the core technologies of Grebner bipolar plates business is manufacturing machinery for making bipolar plates that go into fuel cells and electrolyzers. So can you tell us more about how these, these machinery and these plates are manufactured and why they're so important to the operation of fuel cells and electrolyzers? Yes, sure. For the production of the bipolar plates, uh, several processes and steps are necessary. Uh, first, uh, metal sheets need to be formed so that the customer's desired geometry of the later bipolar blade is formed into a so-called half blade. Um, and then these formed blades are cut by laser so that the half blade has the final contour of the later bipolar blade. And also important openings such as the so-called ports for the flow of media like hydrogen, oxygen, and the coolant. Um, subsequently, two of these cut blades, one anode and one cathode each, are joined together to form the so-called bipolar blade at the end. Again, a laser is used to ensure that the later functionality of the bipolar blade by welding the single blades. In the next step, a seal must be applied to the blade so that a sealed unit for the fuel cell stack is created um, during the subsequent stacking of the bipolar blade in alternation with an MEA. This is the membrane electrode assembly whereby we as Grebner have to focus on the technologies for the forming, cutting and welding, including the entire handling and all further steps can then implemented by partners from our company. Uh, we have been developing these technologies for 20 years now and provide the market with machines so that customers can produce bipolar blades themselves with the help of our equipment. And in addition to the MEA, the metallic bipolar blade is the heart of the fuel cell stack itself. Uh, it takes over the function of the media transport within the stack so that the reaction 
inside between the hydrogen and oxygen is possible uh, in first place. Uh, since heat is uh, nevertheless generated during the so-called cold combustion, the blades must be cooled. And this is done by passing a cooling medium through the channel area between the individual half blades, uh, which are welded together as a bipolar blade. And since only water is produced during the reaction, this uh, is a very en environmentally friendly way of converting energy. And so electric power is generated from hydrogen. And this is in very short the explanation of uh, how a bipolar blade is produced and what is the function of the bipolar blade in a fuel cell stack. Okay, really interesting. So um, that kind of leads me to a follow-up question. So these bipolar plates uh, that go into, so when you're talking about electrolyzers, can, um, can the plates be kind of used for electrolyzers made by any manufacturer or um, when, you, when you produce these machines that make the plates, do you produce them to specific specifications per uh, different electro electrolyzer manufacturers or are they pretty much, you can switch them in and out of any type of electrolyzer manufactured by any company? No, you can't switch them in and out. Uh, so there is no standard in the world for making a bipolar blade. It uh, doesn't matter mm -hmm. if it is for a fuel cell system or an electrolyzer. Um, every customer, every client has his own idea about the geometry, about the functionality, about the blade size, the uh, thickness of the blades, etc. And this is why you can't change the blade. So this is why for every customer, a special blade is produced or a couple of thousand or whatever is produced. Uh, and then at the end, the customers uh, will be producing the blades on their own, or even there are system, system supply companies which will do the development of fuel cell stacks, of electrolyzers, and then sell the systems into the market for usage. Oh, okay, I understand. So this is something that's very um, you know, custom and tailored and very specific. It's not something you can mass produce. Yes. Okay. All right. I understand. So, so, okay. Okay. You can do the mass production, but mm -hmm. then uh, the one company who will sell the fuel cell stack, or maybe if you look for a uh, car manufacturer, then you need also the mass production. But this is all the time the same bipolar blade in the same fuel cell stack at the end. Right. Right. Per that manufacturer, of course. Okay. Right. I understand. All right. Great. That that gives me a really good idea about you know specifically um, how you, how your business operates and and the you know the product lines you manufacture. So um, I want to ask you another question about a project that that Grebner recently participated in, Project Breeze, and that was to extend the range of a Fiat 500 fuel cell electric vehicle. Um, can you talk a little bit about that project and the, the conclusions or the applications that came out of Project Breeze? Yes, this is now a couple of years ago, uh, obviously mm -hmm. spoken. Um, and we participated in, in various public funded projects uh, here in Germany in the period from 2003 until 2014. Mm -hmm. And the aim was to intensively study the requirements for the product metallic bipolar blade in very different fields of applications like the fuel cell or electrolysis. And the participation in the project Breeze was for us the combination of all previous knowledge and skills to prove in a concept that the manufacturing technology used 
by us Trebner for forming, cutting and welding and also leak testing of a metallic bipolar blade are perfectly applicable and work in a real automotive fuel cell stack. And mm -hmm. the knowledge we gained from the project Breeze, together with the experience gained from all other projects and customer orders, is continuously incorporated into the ongoing further developments in our company, um, especially then for our machines and uh, systems for the production of metallic bipolar blades. Uh, the Breeze project received a lot of attention, uh, not only nationally, but also internationally. And we were able to use this reference many times to demonstrate um, the maturity and also the precision of our manufacturing technology. And this is extremely important because all our customer developments are normally subject to non-disclosure agreements. And as a manufacturer of machine technology, we have almost no other opportunity to demonstrate the perfection of our technology with a neutral geometry and um, to show then the blades to, to customers as an example. And therefore we can use the project Breeze that we can show what we did and that we have a reference which is open to the public. Mm -hmm. Interesting, okay. So um, I wanna talk a little bit about uh, your thoughts about the the future market. So with the with the huge forecast growth that is being um, <clears throat> that is being forecast for uh, the for green hydrogen and for the markets for fuel cells and electrolyzers, what are your projections for business business growth in equipment components such as bipolar plates over the next ten to fifteen years and then to twenty fifty um, when many net zero carbon targets are due to be reached? Uh, this is a very interesting. <laughs> question. Um, you know, looking in the future is always a challenge, especially if you go and uh, if you look in a market like this. What we see from, from different studies are uh, that there will be a value creation in 2040 for fuel cell electric vehicles um, in an um, yeah, amount around 24 billion euro. So this would be a huge, will be a huge market in the, in the future. Mm -hmm. And with the prediction, it came also up that in 2040, speaking about the countries or speaking about Europe, the United States, China, Japan, and Korea, uh, that it will be an amount of roughly spoken 11 million cars, which are directly driven by fuel cell stacks. So if you assume that approximately 300 to 400 bipolar blades are required um, per fuel cell stack and so per vehicle, then we can see from this how strongly the market for the production will grow in the future. Mm -hmm. And currently about roughly about 75 million passenger cars are built every year in the world. And if all of them are or needs to be powered by alternative uh, drive systems, then there must be a very significant significant change uh, in the market. And this was or were only numbers for cars. In addition, there are many other applications, in particular uh, electrolyzers, which must be uh, then used to produce the hydrogen. And uh, this is again 
um, or requires always the equipment we build for the manufacturing of the blades. And then we have many, many other applications for the future, like forklifts um, mm -hmm. and some decentralized energy power stations. And so we see that there is a huge market in the future. Um, UK, you can go with the numbers in very different direction. But for me personally, I think the 10, 11 million units in, in 15, 20 years, this is realistically spoken a, a good uh, value looking for cars. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. Um, so, you know, in light of these upcoming net zero targets in 2050, you know, in addition to hydrogen, you know, just, you know, kind of look in your crystal ball and tell me what other clean energy technologies or, <clears throat> excuse me, circular economy efforts do you see as being the biggest contributors to creating a more sustainable environment and, and limiting the effects of climate change? What do you see in addition to hydrogen as being the biggest uh, factors on, you know, in shaping this change? I think there is not the one addition, um, as it is the same that I think not only hydrogen is the solution for the for the future. So solar, wind, and, and water energy are currently the, the most important ways to generate energy sustainable. Mm -hmm. uh, however, this cannot be generalized since, for an example, the hydroelectric power causes enormous impacts on nature, um, as in the case of the Three George Dam in China as an example. And that's why it always depends on what techni technology is to be used for what purpose. And finally, it must also be taken into account that um, the hydrogen itself does not occur in nature, but must first be generated by a process such, such, an, such as the electrolysis. And also the, the battery will also be a very important topic for the future, since in my opinion, a coexistence of uh, pure battery drives and also fuel cell drives is necessary for an efficient overall system in the mobility. And it, in addition, uh, think about the digitalization of our life. Uh, it must also help us to become um, more efficient in different processes. Um, and so processes of all kinds must be become faster and simpler, <laughs> even if it is only a simple matter like reducing the amount of paper we use, because this all will have an impact in the future uh, mm -hmm. in regard to the, the net zero targets. And also we need to consider how the poor countries in the world can be involved so that they still have the chance for a better well-being, but also engage in the chance in the change. Mm -hmm. and yeah, yeah, and technology must be uh, advanced to reduce CO two uh, from the air, as we will certainly not be able to implement all processes in the future completely CO two free. Um, think about uh, the, um, the the airplanes. I don't think that this will be in the near, near future possible totally free from CO2. So what, will, what we will find around this is very important. And um, of course, as an example, the battery production, uh, it is very, uh, or it is necessary that no large CO2 backpack is carried around with the use of the technology and um, that it does not take a long time until the use or production is then climate neutral. So that's why, like I said at the beginning, there is not the one technology, 
it must be a combination of a lot of smart technologies and ways. And for me personally, most important, I don't like to hear discussion about only the battery in the e-mobility is the best way. Mm -hmm. um, and only uh, that hydrogen or the fuel cell stack will be the best way. For me, I think it's the combination of different technologies and different applications. Mm -hmm. Yeah, certainly it's going to take a lot of different solutions to meet the, the many challenges on our plate, for sure. Yeah. And um, you know, speaking of challenges, I mean, investing in new markets and new products is always associated with challenges and, and risks. And, you know, even though hydrogen will be one of the most important energy sources in the future, as, as we're thinking today, you know, so how, how do you support your customers in facing these challenges that, you know, some of what you just discussed? Yeah, this is um, in general, like we said, we have looked for the technology to figure out what we can provide or what technologies need to be developed in the future. And therefore we have a look as a special machine building company, how we will find ways uh, in production technologies, which are then able to provide a production technology, which is cost efficient, which is also um, then helpful to reduce the, the CO2 emission um, and also to reach the net um, zero targets in the future and always thinking with new ways and technologies. Um, we like to, or as I said previous, we always have a look how we can improve processes and also we, we look on the left and the right side. So it is not only that we are the specialist in one technology. So it means if we see that there's a product which needs to be produced, then we have, or we will have a look what we can do, which ways are able to produce a part or something uh, which is needed. And then we will design a machine technology. And so we try to yeah, be the best supporter, I call it, for our customers um, yeah, to, to be able to um, help to reduce the, the CO2. Wonderful. Well, thank you for, um, for sharing your insights with the H2 Tech audience, Fabian, and thank you for, uh, for the very insightful interview. Appreciate um, you sharing all of that. And if you enjoyed this episode, please remember to share and subscribe to the H2 Tech Talk podcast on Apple Podcasts or Blueberry.